1: Thank God to know how much he loves us. The Bible says he loves us while we were yet sinners. And the scripture says if he's worrying about the lilies of the valley, how much more would his mind be on us, his eyes be on us. What an awesome God we serve. I believe we need to have a spirit of thanksgiving at all times. A spirit of praise and thanksgiving to say, God Why are you so good to us? Because we certainly don't deserve it. And the moment you think you deserve whatever you're experiencing because of God's goodness, oh, you're going to be deceived. We're experiencing God's goodness because God is good. And nothing comes from Him but good. Even when we might think it's not good, it's good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand to our feet. we got a lot going on in this church. A lot going on in this church, and I tell you, when you got a lot going on, you got to commit more of yourself to prayer and fasting and the Word of God. When you got the more you got going, the more you commit yourself to prayer and fasting and the Word of God, because it's easy to get so focused on having ability to do things, and it doesn't matter how much ability we have, there's a lot of talented people with great abilities that it means nothing if it's not being guided by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God, so we thank God for His blessings of gifts and ability and talents, but I don't want talent and ability and all of what God has given me to outweigh Doing the will of God and being led by his spirit. So. Trust in the Lord with all that we have going and all that you whatever you have to do, whatever you're a part of, get it done. But here is one of the most challenging thing about it, why prayer and fasting and the word must be before it, because when you got a lot going, you're going to have to depend on each other you're going to have to depend on each other and sometimes it don't all connect real smoothly the way you want it to and work out just the way you want it to and it's not you know it can be choppy sometimes but when you're fasting and praying and giving yourself to the word in the choppiness of it you still have peace you still have the joy of the lord and you still keep doing what you know god called you to do so understand that as much as we have to do We trust in the Lord and we give ourselves to prayer and fasting and the word of God. Before we get into praying tonight, I just want to make mention of a few things to you. Our Move the Mission service is this Saturday, October the 21st at what time? Uh Uh-oh, we're in trouble if we don't know the time. You don't want to miss this service. I think it will be a great service. Um, 5 p.m. The young people and young people in our movement, I don't know about everybody else's movement, but young people in our movement mean everybody.
0: <laughs>
1: uh huh. M- m- young people, if you want to, you know, make yourself old among the young, that's up to you. But if you ever notice um, something you know sometimes teachers we have a couple of teachers in here teachers teach for a long time because they love to teach, but also if they tell you the truth, they'll tell you because they like to be around the youth. All right, so 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 it doesn't change when we're talking about the kingdom of God. So when you see youth stuff, don't even put it in your mind, say, "Well, that's not for me, I'm not young any, anymore. I want you to say, I'm a youth right away, I'm a youth, I'm going." And so uh, our district youth, they're putting on a great, great uh, service, and it's geared towards moving the mission. As you know, within the United Pentecostal Church International, we have different divisions, and we raise money every year for the kingdom of God. For those of you that don't know, the slogan, the theme of our organization is the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church and we live up to that every, every bit of it because there is no other organization that have more missionaries in the world than the United Pentecostal Church International. We have more missionaries around the world than any other organization, so we never just come up with, you know, raising money just to say we're raising money. It's always going to missions, and as you heard the other day, when you raise money, the young people raise money, it helps our missionaries to have transportation to get around as they take the gospel to different places. And you've heard some of our missionaries, they go, they fly into one area, but to get to all of their destination, they still got to fly. I mean, so, um, the move, the mission is coming up and remember we had, um, our little deal that we raised our money from this local assembly, how we raised it. And that was by the, the virtual walk. Somebody say virtual walk. The, the the leaders of the walk made emphasis this time and said, Pastor, we're going to walk, walk. And so Brother Hasker and Sister Hasker will again engage us. And um, it's seven dollars to enter the race. Obviously, if you want to give more, give more. But the money we raise is for us to give to the youth. And so it can go and do what it needs to do. And that's always about the kingdom. So the virtual walk uh, we have. We um, have flex time walk which will be on september 18th between 6 p.m and 9 p.m and then we have the real time walk when everybody can walk the real time that will be 9 19 um september 19th that is at 6 p.m so we want you to start thinking about this um the 18th of september the 19th of september seven dollars Give more if you can, and when we raise all this money, we're going to give it to the youth so they can send it out to our missionaries and do the things that needs to be done for the sake of the kingdom. Somebody say amen. Amen. Continue to spread the word. Let people know about our Move the Mission service this Saturday, 5 p.m., Secaucus, New Jersey. Amen. Brother Rima Duncan will be the uh, speaker. Brother Duncan um, is a very good speaker. And so you will enjoy the Word of God. And um, it's just always, you know, fire when young people get together and worship the Lord. It's just a wonderful thing. So you don't want to miss it. And you're not too old to be young. Whatever your age is, you're young. (laughs) Also, we have two very, very important meetings that are coming up for our local congregation. Make a note of it. Um, August 28th, 5 p.m., that's a Saturday, and September 25th at, I think we said 12 noon, uh, make a note of it. The one for August will be here at this local assembly, and it will be for just those that are involved in serving in this church. And then the one um, September 25th will be at the Princeton Marriott, and that will be for everyone else all of us. And we're going to present to you the public um, launch that we are setting in, 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 in place right now and, and and getting ready to launch um, because we are serious about the kingdom of God. So leadership um, launch will be eight twenty eight right here in this very building, five p.m. And then public launch for everybody will be at the Princeton Marriott, September twenty fifth. And that would be at 12 noon. So we want you to make note of those days. We'll begin to share with you a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more till as we lead up to those dates. So you kind of get an idea of what this is all about. But Jesus is getting ready. to Come back, church. (laughs) About three claps. (laughs) Amen.
0: Man.
1: Oh, man. Why are we doing this? If we're not excited about that, you got to ask yourself, why are we doing this? When we hear Jesus is getting ready to come back, we're gonna be like, yes, I can't wait to meet him in the air. I can't wait to see him face to face. If not, wh- wh- why, are we, why are we doing this? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We're doing this because one day we're going to see him face to face. And we're going to spend eternity. There you go, Brother Sharp. And we're going to spend eternity with him. (laughs) That's why we're doing this. So we better get excited when we hear that because, as many, I know that. I guess I'll give you an excuse. I'll give you a way out. Uh, You know, I'll try to be like Jesus, make a way for you to escape. But anyway, so I'll give you a way out. Here's the story. I know we've been hearing about the Lord coming back for a long time. So some people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he is, but. Preacher, you don't understand. We've been hearing this. The, the, the apostles wrote like they thought he was coming back. The prophets wrote like they. And so. But but let me tell you. What we understand that we didn't understand a few years before. And them way back then didn't understand. Is that certain things had to happen. For him to return. And we're starting to see those things being possible now. You know. And there were times when the things that we read about in the scripture. We're saying how is that going to work. And now we can see clearly how it's going to work. So that's one of the reasons why we can say, yeah, the return of the Lord is at hand because the things that we thought was impossible, the things that we couldn't understand could happen. Now we know they can. So here we are. And so we got to start living for God like we expect him to come back and say, I know he's getting ready to come back and be ready for him. Amen. Amen. As we pray tonight, here's what I want you to focus your prayer on tonight. I want you to focus your prayer on being appreciative of what God has been to you and what he's done for you. I want you to pray about just being thankful and grateful about what the Lord has done. Because if we don't do this, we might miss that God has been good to us. You know, we don't want to miss that fact that God has really been good to us. And it doesn't even matter How difficult of times you've had, you know, in the past or might even have in the future. But the bottom line is God has been good to us. And we ought to be thankful. We ought to be grateful. We ought to express it to him that we know he's been good to us. He's been good to us. And so when we pray tonight, how about we just go before the Lord tonight being grateful and in that same vein as the word of God is being taught tonight, you receive it with just gratefulness and thanksgiving because God certainly has been good to us. Let's go before the Lord together. Father, we are so grateful and thankful tonight for the privilege to assemble together. Over a year and a little bit, Lord God, ago, we were not able to come together in a public place to worship and praise and give thanksgiving toward you, Lord God. We were all, Lord God, separated. But God, here we are today, able to come together. Able, Almighty God, to, to, to worship together. Able, Almighty God, to experience your presence and your power together. And so, Lord, we are just so thankful. We're thankful for what we might considered to be little things we're thankful for what we may consider to be big things no matter what it is lord we're thankful that we are your children we're thankful oh god for the privilege of salvation we're thankful lord god for you delivering for you healing we're thankful that you call us out of darkness and into your marvelous light we're thankful for the gift of your son we're thankful for repentance we're thankful for salvation. And oh God, tonight we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, under the authority of God. And we just want to give honor to You, Lord God. We just want to magnify Your name and praise Your name and give, oh God, honor to You to let You know we are grateful and we are looking forward to that great day when, Lord, You crack the sky and the dead in Christ rise First, and then we which are alive and remain will be caught up to meet you in the air. We are looking forward to that great day where there will be no more dying and no more sorrow and no more pain. We're looking forward to that day when we will see you face to face and see you as you are. We're looking forward to that great day, but until that day come, we will continue to praise you. We will continue to give you honor. We will continue to bless your name. We will continue to praise and spread the gospel and worship together and be the light and be the salt. Oh, glory be to God. Have your way in this place tonight, Lord God. As we lift up your name, oh God, we give you honor. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Jesus, there is none like you. Oh, praise is beyond unto your name we're grateful tonight lord we're thankful tonight lord oh lord jesus have your way we ask that you guide us tonight as we look into the word of god have your way in the name of jesus in the name of
0: jesus hallelujah 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 the joy of the Lord
1: is my strength. The joy of the Lord, He is my strength. I was glad when they said unto me, come, let us go into the house of the Lord. Jesus, we love you. Somebody ought to tell them they love him. We love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I love you, my Savior. I love you, my God. For you are my Lord, my Lord, my ruler, my master. Have your way tonight in our thoughts and deeds. One more time. Let's clap onto the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Thank you, Lord. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. God, we are so honored. We are blessed. We're a privileged people, Lord. And we know it's because of your goodness. We know it's because of your kindness, Lord. We are blessed and privileged. You have been good to us, better to us than we ever can be to ourselves. All right. Last Thursday, we talked about how growth is necessary for healthy living. We did. We said if you are not growing, and it doesn't mean physical growth, <laughs> if you're not growing your health spiritually, mentally, emotionally, is not good if you're not growing. Even if you appear to look good, doesn't mean that you're healthy because fruit determines your health status. You can't lie to yourself. Well, you can lie to yourself, but no sense of lying to yourself if there's no fruit coming off the tree. If there's no fruit coming off the tree, you got to say, What's wrong here? I got to take a look into this. No fruit coming off the tree. If we're not bearing fruit, we're either not mature enough to bear fruit. Somebody say amen. Or we're ignoring the sickness in our body, in our mind, in our spirit. Or. We have flat out just disobeyed the word of God. The solution for sickness is to get healed. The solution for disobedience is repentance. Isn't that what we said last week? But as for maturity, if you're not, you know, mature enough to bear fruit. Understand that we mature in stages. We must mature in one stage Before we can go to the next stage of our growth. If you're not maturing. You are sick and need to be healed. So it still comes back to. We got to be healthy. And in order to be healthy, you must be growing. This evening, we will look at the requirements and or process for healing. If we need to be healed. Then we need to look at how we get healed, right? Because unless God steps in and do the miraculous, there are requirements and a process to be in heal. And it doesn't mean that God can't do the miraculous, but you got to just trust that this is the requirements or these are the requirements and process that I must go through to be healed And if God want to step in and do the miraculous, great. But if he doesn't, I'm taking the steps necessary to get to the right place. A lot of times we put stuff on God that might be in our hands. Mm -hmm. We're just waiting for God to do a miracle when God has said, no, there's something you can do. And here is the secret to that. There's some faith working if you're doing what you're supposed to do. When you're not doing anything but you're saying, I need a miracle, usually no faith is present. But when you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're saying, I need a miracle, faith is present. So guess what? You probably can get a miracle. So it's always about working together, whether it's us and him or us together. It's always about working together. Never forget that. Stuff don't happen By itself in this world. God set it up that everything is dependent on something. The only reason. the The only one nothing is dependent. That doesn't depend on anything is God. But everything else that exists depends on something. To exist and to keep going. So when we start to think that we can do things on our own. And we don't need anybody. We're dying. We'll shrivel up. We'll just be done because God didn't make us to be isolated and do anything on our own. We're supposed to work together. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you a little bit on this topic, still on the series of healthy life. But tonight I want to talk to you about keeping it real. Keep it real. Keep it real. Romans chapter seven, verse number 18, I'll jump all the way down to 18 because there's a lot going on in this, this, this chapter. And I'm going to read this in the NIV for you and give you, um, let you hear it a little bit differently. Romans chapter seven, verse number 18 says, I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. You've got a sin nature. Stop acting like you got some other nature. (laughs) You got a sin nature. I don't care how much you think you look good. I don't care how spiritual you think you are. Sin nature. Mm -hmm. For I have the desire. This is the Apostle Paul talking. Now he wrote this. He says this. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Apostle Paul talking for what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do this. I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work when I want to do good. Evil is right there with me for in my inner being. I delight in God's law. Knowing better does not mean <laughs> Remember, I told you this. I don't remember if it was prayer or something, but I told you that knowing better does not mean we do better. We have to learn how to do better. So just by knowing better don't mean you're going to always do better. You have to learn how to do better because you have this, you have established a pattern of doing bad for so long that now you know right. It don't mean, oh, I got that. And you, you just start doing right. Mm, that's not how we roll. We are systematic beings. And so a lot of times you know better, but you're still struggling to do better because you've done wrong for so long. And then you've got that nature in you. The Bible calls it the lower nature, the sinful nature, the flesh. You've got that thing in you, and that thing is weighing you down. This is Paul talking now. This is not us that are not as spiritual as Paul. <laughs> but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. I say that every once in a while. When I'm praying, I'm talking to God, I say, oh God, I'm wretched, undone. I need your help, Lord. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Verse 25, thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I. Myself. In my mind am a slave to God's law. But. In the sinful nature. A slave. To the law of sin. And so we're going to. Try to look into this. The scriptures here that we just read. And see what we can take from it tonight. And get some help there. Clearly. The writer, the Apostle Paul, is having a problem with self. Your greatest adversary in your life is you. It's not the devil. God gave us power over him. So if you're a bona fide Christian, baptized in Jesus' name, have the name of Jesus applied to your life, and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you have authority over the devil. So if he's a problem to you, You are not living up to who you are in Christ. The problem you're gonna have a whole lot more than the devil is within yourself. Somebody say amen. Paul was having problems with self. This is a direct result of the sin nature he and all of us has inherited, have inherited from adam when adam sinned the whole world was born with a sin nature everybody after adam was born with a sin nature so you have a tendency within yourself to sin Mm -hmm. this is not to say that paul or christians today in general has a split personality because we do not have split personalities. Listen to this. Because salvation makes a man or woman whole when they continue in their salvation. Oh, you must have missed it. When you continue in your salvation, you have all the opportunity in the world to be whole. And not be all messed up. We might come to God messed up. And we might get born again and still messed up. And we might be living for God for a little bit and still be messed up. But be encouraged because we have opportunities where God will help us to become whole like we were back in the garden. Adam was perfect in the garden. In case you didn't know, God created perfect beings. Adam and Eve were perfect. So when God created the first two human, they were perfect and they messed up that perfection. And so now here we are today struggling because they messed up the perfection and we came from them. Isn't it it interesting when you know God's word, you kind of just laugh at people when we're fussing and fighting about race and you know, culture and all this stuff when we all struggling with the same thing because we came from the same two people and we're still, we're still lost about who looked like what and where you came from and all. I'm just just shake my head and say, poor us, that's all I can say. Poor us because the, the, we're, we all are the same, all of us. It doesn't matter what our skin complexion is, where we were born, what we look like, we're all the same. And we're all gonna have to overcome sin to spend eternity with our Creator. So don't deceive yourself in thinking that you came from a better race than the next person. You explain that, cause ain't no race got no break on the sin thing. <laughs> You, you tell me which race got a break on the sin thing and let me know because I'm going to start being that race. Cause I <laughs> no race got a break on the sin thing. We all got lumped in when Adam sinned. <laughs> if we continue in our salvation, we have an opportunity to be whole. It does not indicate, though, that the believer's mind, will, and body can be controlled either by... uh uh, the, the the old nature or the new nature. So we're either going to be controlled by the Adam nature that he passed on to us or the Jesus nature. Uh-huh, that's what's going on. Either by the flesh or the spirit. The statement here indicates that believers has two serious problems. Believers have two serious problems. Yeah, just two. He or she cannot do good, or he or she cannot do the good he wants to do, and he or she does not, does the evil that he or she does not want to do. So our two issue is, we want to do good as believers, and we seem to do bad, and the good that we want to do, we don't seem to be doing it. Those are our issues so we need to realize that we're all in the same boat uh huh some of us just know how to mask things from each other real good but don't deceive yourself cuz Jesus knows everything who who are you really hiding from and and what i'm concerned about is if you start getting good at masking what's wrong with you then you can be living a lie and deceiving your own self this is why we're saying keep it real, keep it real, because if you mask your 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 flaws and and, and what you what, what, what's wrong with you if you keep masking it and hiding it and, and and not dealing with it, you might start to live a life deceiving your own self. And when you start to live that life, guess what? You could never get well. Can you imagine? You know, you got cancer. And so you hide and smoke when you smoke. Tell me, what are you doing? Right? You got cancer. You're not, you're, you're lung cancer. The, the, the nurses want me to make sure I am specific lung cancer. And so you've got lung cancer and you know you got it and you don't stop smoking. You just hide and smoke. What are you doing? And and that's what we might do with sin at times. We know we got a sin issue. But guess what? When we get around each other, hey, praise the Lord. And we look like we were praying five hours before we came to church. And we're quoting all the scriptures. And never went to Jesus and say, Lord, I got issues. We just, we just passing off like we doing all right. Hmm. Paul felt like no matter what he did, his deeds were tainted by sin. This is the apostle Paul. Let me come to where you are because you're trying to deceive yourself a little bit in here tonight. Here is an example Matthew, let me talk to you, Matthew, maybe you know you, you'll here here's what we do sometimes, Matthew, or here's probably something that I can say Paul was trying to say, and you know, we're saying, Paul, what were you doing wrong? Sometimes we see things that are immoral and ungodly, and they stick with us, and you're supposed to be praying up a storm jesus is lord and oh looses from the bondage of sin and then here come that thought in your mind while you're praying like what in the world is going on here that's the kind of stuff paul is talking about like like no matter what i'm trying to do the right thing but here come this evil all the time keep it real we'll get whole again we will get healed and we will be healthy but if we keep deceiving ourselves and thinking that oh I'm good not going to get healed we won't be whole and so Paul is telling you I feel like everything is tainted you know it's like it's like he's being real with himself to, to, to probably say maybe Paul is at the place where he feels like some of the people I'm preaching to I don't even love them I know what I'm supposed to say to them. I know what I'm supposed to do. But look at them. Look at them. I mean, Moses did that in case, you know, don't don't kill my boy Paul. Moses did that. Moses had issues with his people because he felt like they wasn't right to him. They, they didn't treat him right. And he was leading them in harboring bad feelings. So I'm just saying, Paul, you know, when he's talking about every time he tried to do good, evil is present. And maybe those are the things that he struggled with. Like, man, you know, I'm preaching what I should preach and the right thing, the gospel. But some of them get on my nerves. Because every time I look around, as soon as I'm done preaching, they go do wrong again. And so in Paul's heart, He's got an issue with some of them. So that's what he's talking about probably in some of his statement of, you know, every time I try to do good, here we go. Because some of the stuff that we do, you can't see it physically because it's inside of us. And you got to wake up and be real with yourself to say, yeah, that's in me. If we're not careful, we can develop a mentality that says, I am stuck and nothing can be done To bring about a change in me. I'm just stuck. People have told themselves that. Because they struggle with whatever they're struggling with for so long. In their mind, it will never get right for me. We may feel like we're stuck in our patterns and ways of coping and surviving in a fallen and broken world which causes us to repeat behaviors that only serve to hold us back. And so we feel like we're stuck because we can't stop doing some of the things we know we ought to stop doing. And we feel stuck and we feel like we can't get out of that situation. And then that's when depression, that's when anxiety and anger and apathy begins to mock us at every attempt We have to to come to the altar to try to say, God, help me. And nothing happens. Depression, anxiety, anger, apathy look at you and says, you're stuck. But I'm here to tell you tonight, don't you let that get the best of you. Don't you let that thing get the best of you. Jesus is the God of deliverance. Jesus is the God of reconciliation. Jesus is the God that can heal and make you whole. And so I don't care how long you've been feeling terrible and stuck, like this thing is never going to get good, this thing is never going to work out. I don't care how long it's going. The one who can help you is still alive and well. And if you will trust Him, if you will be persistent, if you will have faith, if you will keep going, sooner or later you got to get out of stock. Sooner or later, you got to get out. I don't care how long. Sometimes some people give up before they was just about to get delivered. Sometimes some people give up just before they were about to get healed. Sometimes people give up and walk away from the church just as Jesus was about to fill them with the Spirit and do something wonderful in their life, they walked away. I prefer to keep on coming to church. Keep on being a part of church with my messed up situation, with my messed up self, and keep on saying sooner or later, Jesus got to do something. And I don't care if I leave and I still mess up when I leave. I'm coming back the next time the church doors are open to say, well, maybe he'll do it today. But I'm not giving up on him because that's the only hope you've got. The only hope we got is Jesus. So no matter how bad your situation is, no matter how bad your struggle is, no matter how bad you're stuck, your only hope is Jesus. So keep on seeking after Jesus. That's our only hope. It makes no good sense to say, well, I don't see no change. Ain't making a whole lot of sense to go to church. Woo, 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 woo. Somebody help somebody. Don't let nobody say it's not making sense to go to church. Don't make people tell you it don't make sense to come together. You want me to tell you a little secret? Go and look at a lot of the miracles that Jesus did. Crowds. crowds it was the gathering of people it was a crowd so we might have pretty up the crowd how we do it nowadays which is you know ushers and greeters and you know praise and worship and you know audio visual we might have pretty up how we get together now but all oh, back then, it was crowds. It was still the church, the people of God coming together. It was always when there were crowds where we saw the power and the miraculous working of God among people. So guess what? That's a pattern. we got to learn that God has patterns and principles, and you got to keep following them if you want to see what he does. There's patterns, and he's always did things in crowd. You want to hear something funny? When he sent the Holy Ghost, where did he send it? But forget about, not yet till they get up to the upper room. It was the feast of Pentecost. It was people from every walk of life gathering for the feast. Yeah, 120 went up in the upper room and got it. But guess what? They they heard it. They saw it. They said, oh, my God. It was a crowd. So the day you start thinking, I don't need to go and assemble with the crowd. You're not following the pattern of Jesus. You're not following the pattern of Jesus. Plus, let me go old school on you real quick. If you ever been in a real hot Pentecostal service, right? Sometimes. The spirit don't move on everybody all at once. Some of the old Pentecostal service, one person just did. One person. And it started with that one just flashing like this. And before you know it, there's an explosion in the room. Hey, I'm here to tell you, God does things in a way that he does, and we don't always understand it. But you better understand that if you want your
0: miracle, if you want to be healed, you better follow Jesus. Because he's the only hope.
1: One person, and the whole thing just explodes. It don't always work where... Everybody just start praising and all of a sudden, boom, no, sometimes just one, just one. Second Corinthians 5 and 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, (laughs) he is a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Can I tell you this? It don't all happen right away. Don't get frustrated. Don't get frustrated that, man, why everything don't seem brand new to me? Why it don't feel like I'm a new creature? Just keep on trusting God. Keep on assembling yourself together. Keep on praying and fasting and reading your word and keep living out the word of God. You will experience it. Verse 18. And all things are of God. When you are in Christ. You are a new creature. And all the newness of everything. is of God. And all things are of God. Who had reconciled us. To himself. By Jesus Christ. And had given to us. The ministry. Of reconciliation. So church. Don't miss it. God is trying to reconcile us. All of us. The entire world. The entire lost and broken world. The ones that get reconciled. He says now that you are reconciled. I'm giving you the word of reconciliation. So you can help. Others get reconciled as well. And I believe this is a big part of what's missing in the church is that we're not helping to reconcile each other. Yes, a big part of it is nobody want to admit they need reconciliation.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a big part of it. Nobody wants to admit that, yeah, I need some help. I need reconciliation. I need to get reconciled into my God because I haven't been well. I'm sick. And we don't want to say it, so we just want to. We, we're rather stay sick and and, and 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 you know keep our look, our status, walking around sick. Man, somebody die all of a sudden, and you're wondering, I didn't know he was sick. Yeah, he was just hanging out like he was good, and he probably knew he was sick, but he was like, I don't care. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And so God can reconcile. God can make us whole. God can heal us. We just have to be real with ourselves and real with God so we can eventually get to that place where we can be whole, where we can be reconciling to him. Church, Jesus is coming back. And if we want to make the rapture, we can't play games with ourselves and we can't play games with each other. We're going to have to keep it real and let God work his work in our heart, in our mind, in our life, that we can get whole in our spirit. We can get whole in our mental and whole in our emotional state because we got to be ready for the rapture. We got to be rapture ready. God wants to reconcile us back to Him that we may be whole and complete like we were when He first created us. Uh huh. You want better? You want something better? You want something different? You have dreams and goals for your life? Uh-huh. You know God has promised you abundant life? Well, don't be content in your situation if you're not experiencing abundant life. Apostolic people don't want to believe that you can have abundant life. They they they, they start thinking, yeah, that's that um charismatic preaching. No, it's not. God wants you to have abundant life. He didn't, he wouldn't say it. He wouldn't put it in the Bible <laughs> if He didn't want you to have abundant life. Um, Apostolic Pentecostal thing, if you start living good, something wrong with you. You you're sinning. Don't get quiet. It, we act like that. And then we go down the street to some other denomination and and they feel very comfortable having it going on and feeling good. And saying. To God be the glory. Why, why, why shouldn't we have abundant life and say to God be the glory? God wants you to have abundant life. He says, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I mean, come on. What do we think? We go, we, we, we're supposed to suffer and, and just be miserable. and Come on. I don't even want to go down that road. In order to get different results... We have to do something different. Uh Uh-huh. We can't keep doing the same thing over and over and says, yeah, I need to get a different result. The Bible says the truth shall make you free. John 8 and 31 says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. (laughs) We all want the freedom that Jesus brings. But what we often do not realize is that freedom is going to take some work. The woman with the issue of blood, she got healed and free. But what did she do? Sat at home and just said, well, I know my God is a healer. And because he's all knowing, he know where I am. He will find me and he will come and heal me. Is that what the woman with the issue of blood said? I mean, Brother Kellerman, the Bible says she wouldn't spend all that she had from doctor to doctor. That's a lot of movements. That's a lot of traveling around, going from doctor to doctor, to try to be healed, spending up all she ever had. It was a lot of work before she got to Jesus. So if we want to see something different. We're going to have to do something different. And it's going to require sometimes for us to go above and beyond, for us to go out of our way in order to experience what God has store for us. Uh-huh, we all have some form of brokenness in our life. We all struggle with something, whether that is whether that struggle is with depression, anxiety, addiction, guilt, difficult relationships, and on and on and on. We've got a lot of stuff that we all have to deal with. Listen to me. I might even minister in this vein. Maybe not this Sunday. Not maybe not this Sunday, but maybe we'll see. But listen to what I'm getting ready to say. And I want to talk more about this, but I don't have enough time. We can't control our past. We can't control the people that's been placed in our lives. But here is the big thing, but we can control our reaction and response to what they do and what the circumstance do. And we got to realize the secret in life is how we respond to what people do to us and to what circumstances deals us. If you spend all your time crying about what's wrong, if you spend all your time crying about what people did to you, if you spend all your time trying to retaliate, if you spend all your time trying to prove to people, that will take you in the wrong direction. But if you spend your time responding in a right and godly way to everything that comes your way, you're going to get the victory. Our response kills us a lot of times. That, that's, what, that's what takes us in a bad direction. That's what hurts us a lot. It's our response. If we will get godly response and we will demonstrate godly response with everything that comes our way, oh my goodness, we will live some of that abundant life that the Lord said we can live if we will just respond in a godly way to the things that come our way. But a lot of our response always come from where? Your sinful nature. A lot of your response always come from your sinful nature. And we know no good thing come from our sinful nature. No good thing. That's what the Bible says. Is there any deliverance? Of course, Paul says. Paul says, I thank God that there is someone Who shall deliver me? His name is Jesus. There is deliverance. Uh, We've been talking, inserting and weaving grace into all of our discussions. And for us to be healed, we have to experience grace. Here go the Lord again. The Lord And the Lord demonstrate grace toward us so we can get saved. But then all, even after we get saved, there's still grace. He's still giving us grace. He's still giving us grace. Even after we repent and get saved and we're living, He's still giving us grace. Titus 2 and 11 says, for the grace of our God that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men. You need somebody to write that down. Somebody need to highlight that in their Bible. Somebody need to make note of that. You know who that's for? For the people that didn't do what they needed to do to get saved and they're trying to convince you if they're still saved. God says his grace has appeared unto all men. But what I told you about response. But how did all men respond to his grace? The grace of God has appeared unto all men, but what was our response to the grace? And that is the key your response to the grace. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. One of my Sunday school. Uh, Memory verse from way back in the day. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem. Here we go again. You have hope to be made whole, to be delivered, and to be healed. He says that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Healing is available, church. Whatever way we are, whatever we're dealing with, whatever the circumstance, we won't have to be dealing with that forever. God has a plan, and God will make a way for us. We just have to know that He is working on our behalf, that God is for us. We can be healed. We can be delivered. We can get out of that rut. We don't have to stay stuck in that rut. God can get us out of it the Christian must realize that there is a struggle within them between the flesh and the spirit. But we have to know that one or the other will be in control. What will be in control in your life? You cannot be the best version of yourself if you vacillate between the real you and the person you present to others. Did you know we have a real us and then we have the, um, the us that we present to people? If we're going to get the victory, we got to live in the real us every time. <laughs> we, 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 can't, we, can't, we can't give the presentation of the person we, we want people to you know, think we are. And then, you know, we chill in the real us when we get home. (laughs) No, and you won't get whole, you won't get ill like that. Because that's what God called hypocrite. That's what God called lukewarm. You can't can't get, get it together if you present this way for everybody to believe that's the way you are. And then, you know, when you leave that circle of people, you just go and just go be who you are for real now. Lord help us. Your flawed ways are not an excuse to keep doing wrong. It is an opportunity to seek to do right to be the best version of your real self. I want to be my real self. I want to be who God created me to be and live that way every moment, every second, every day of my life. I want to live the real me and not some other person god wants to do great things in you and through you but you must go before him as your real authentic self flaws and all flaws and all you can't go to god and don't bring your real authentic self you got to go to god flaws and all you got to go tell him, and, and, and that might mean you got to lock up yourself in your closet or you got to, you know, like me, I'm, I'm a big bathroom guy. I don't know if the Lord, you know, well, he talked back to me in the bathroom, so he must be okay with it. <laughs> well, I'm a big bathroom guy. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Whew. But wherever you got to go, where it's just you and him so you can be real, that's what you got to do. But here is a secret. Don't go to him in secret, flawed, and all the stuff, and then get up and come back around people. Because you know, I'm good. You're still messing up. When you go to him flawed and all, then you get up from that situation of after you're done praying, then you get back up, and then you're supposed to walk in humility then. Because you just went to God and tell him how wretched you are and how flawed you are and how you feel stuck and you want to get out and you 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 feel like you can't get out. You went to God about that. Now what you're supposed to do is get up and walk in humility and walk in victory. Now, that's challenging, but that's what you got to do. Humility and victory. Because you know when you took it to him, you know he's going to help you. So you act and live like you know the help is coming, right? right? But also, you're supposed to walk in humility because now you realize, man, I'm a mess. We ought to be humble among each other. Also, too, try this try this. I know it's going to be tough for you, but try it. When you get a chance, randomly ask people, am I approachable when you see me? Because if we're going to get healed and we're going to help heal other people, we got to make ourselves approachable. And sometimes people don't feel like they can approach us. Sometimes people don't want to deal with us because of the, what we project, our persona. You know, when are you going to feel, you know, make yourself feel like, you know, you present yourself to make people feel comfortable with you? Do, do you desire for people to, 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 to feel like they can come to you or do you want to keep them away? Every once in a while you got to do that. Am I approachable? don't ask your friend because you're going to cause your friend to sin your friend going to cause you to sin they going to sin you're going to sin do, do, you, do you think I'm approachable girl you know that's why we friends because cause, you know we were able to <laughs> okay you lied she lied now y'all all messed up <laughs> thinking you're approachable but you lied You can't get it right. Instead of you going to somebody that you don't talk to all the time and says, tell me the honest truth. Am I approachable? Tell me the truth. Don't lie to me because I'm trying to better myself, trying to be more godly. Well, now that you mention it, not really, because I always want to come over to you and I never did because I didn't feel comfortable. Don't get mad when they tell you that. Don't walk away with no attitude. The difference between where you are and the place you could be is the painful or uncomfortable decision Jesus is directing you to make. A lot of times the Lord is directing us to make a decision that is uncomfortable and even painful and we just mix them off. We just ignore him because we don't want to make that. And all he's trying to do is to give us direction to make a decision that will make us better off and make us healthy, make us better as a Christian. And we just nix him off or act like he's not speaking to us or like he's not directing us. And we just stay messed up because we ignore God, because we don't want to be uncomfortable. That uncomfortable decision you need to make will change your life for the good. God wants you to thrive, not just survive. God wants you to thrive, not just survive. Let me close this thing up. The old nature cannot do anything good. Did you know that? Your old nature can't do anything good. Everything the Bible says about the old nature is negative. Bible says no good thing. Uh Uh-huh. The flesh profited nothing, no confidence in the flesh. If we we depend on the energy of the flesh, we cannot serve God, please God, or do anything for God. But if we yield to the spirit of God, then we have the power needed to do his will. And so this struggle that we're dealing with all comes down to what or who do you yield to in your way of living? The flesh will never serve the word of God because the flesh is at war with God. (laughs) But the spirit can only obey the word of God. Uh Uh-huh. Therefore, the secret of doing good is to yield to the spirit of God. Let me tell you something. The triumph is sweeter because the struggle is real. God knows what he's doing. And and, and he, he allows us to experience some struggles because when you experience victory and triumph, you're going to appreciate it. We even teach that to our children. Yeah, you can't get everything you want because you won't appreciate it. We tell our kids that. And God has been telling us that for how long and we don't want to hear it. Woo! Woo! Now the answer is shouted by Paul. If we will order our life as God designed our life. Let me, let me tell you something I found out the other day. Let me tell you something I found out the other day. I was going to tell you, um, Paul cried out to God and says, oh, wretched man, help me, Jesus. Because he couldn't deal with just always, you know, no matter how good he thinks he's doing, the flesh is getting this nasty self in there. Here is something that I was studying the other day and I come to realize, you'll appreciate this. Finishing up here. If we will order our life, ready for this? As God designed our immune system to function, we will experience a tremendous mount of amount of victory. Let me tell you how your immune system functions. God, God, it just impresses me so much. So all that he does, again, method to the madness. So we look at stuff like, "Eh, what is this? Everything he does is connected and it's a method to his madness. And so the immune system that God puts in our body, here is how it operates. The immune system detects. That's what it does. I detect something over here. Then it assesses what it is that it detects. Then it responds appropriately. And then it educates itself. And then build up barriers and boundaries for that to not come back this way. God. So if you really want to experience deliverance and healing, you got to get to understanding You got problems. And once you realize you got problems, you got to find out why do I have these problems? See, we just want to be shallow as Christians and turn everything on. Jesus, you can do everything. Yeah, but he wants you to understand something in the process of him doing what he wants to do in your life. He doesn't want you to just be a, a standby. He wants you to understand something. He doesn't want you to be a dummy. And so as God is doing what he's doing in our life, he wants us to understand what's going on. So what we need to do if we're going to be healthy by keeping it real is realize I got issues. Then assess the issues. Why do I have these issues? What make them happen? Why do they come up in my life? How far back do they go? Why do I keep doing these things? And then you go to God and says, God, how do I respond to this? This is where we are today. And God will help you to respond to what's wrong. And then God will show you how it happened, what went wrong. He will educate you on it. And then he will give you in establishing your life boundaries on how to prevent those things. So church people, Pentecostal people, don't like standards. This is this is a revelation. They don't like standards. The immune system is set up to have standards. <laughs> oh God is I'm telling you, man, you go get in God's stuff and you're like, God, you are just too much now. And so he sets up our immune system that the way it works, eventually it raises up standards so it can always detect and it will always assess and it will always make sure you don't come back and mess with me. You don't come back and cause damage. And so that's how it works. And so what we do a lot of times, we may assess, we may detect, we may assess, we may respond, but we leave out the key component, which is the build up barriers and boundaries. So we don't go back to where we came from. And so many of us come into church, we get delivered, we get saved, we get healed, we, but, but guess what? We didn't establish the barriers, we didn't establish the boundaries, and so we find ourselves going back from where we came. That's what standards do in the church that we despise so much. That's not necessary. I would love to do a survey with statistic for every person that says that's not necessary. How did they end up in the long run? Love to get a percentage of that. Every time someone says, why are we doing that? That's not necessary. Is that in the Bible? Go ask the immune system. Is there something that, that, that lawfully says this is how, that, that, that right there. The immune system don't no stuff, all it knows I detect something that's not good. And once it detects something that's no good, it starts assessing. Well, what is that? It's not good for our system. So let's build up what we got to build to attack and not let it affect us. And once we attack and let it not let it affect us, let's establish boundaries. Let's, let's establish standards so we don't come back again. Almost let it know from afar away you better not come back this way. That's our process. That's how we have to look at how we give ourselves and surrender ourselves to God. If we're going to get healed, if we're going to be whole again, if we're going to truly walk in a healthy lifestyle, a healthy living in Christ. I am going to be talking about these things on Thursdays because I want us to be healthy. I want us to be healthy Christians because there's too much that's going on in our world that's tripping us up. And it's working because we got anxiety going on. We've got depression going on. We don't have the peace of God working in our life, So we got all kinds of things working in us. And we need to be healthy, healthy Christians. And if you get healthy, then you can help somebody else get healthy. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation, the word of reconciliation. So when we get healthy, we have the right and we're in the position to help someone else get healthy. Let's dance. Many who claim to know Christ never see themselves well enough to appreciate as deeply as Paul did what they actually have in Christ. Because of Jesus Christ, we are assured a great future in Christ. You are assured a great future in Christ. What are your feelings in regard to sin? Is it a source of shame? And grief to you when you yield to them? Or do you see no harm in doing those things which God's word forbid? Oh, I'll just repent. So you just do your thing. Oh, I'll just repent. The inward conflict teaches us many lessons. It teaches us all watchfulness and prayerfulness need to go on in our life. Immune system. (laughs) It teaches us to all cultivate the higher, the better, the heavenly side of our nature and not that sinful side. It teaches us humility. It teaches us charity towards each other when we remember the faults and the failings and the frailty of our own nature. If we would ever approach each other when we want to help each other with the intention and the thoughts in our mind that I have faults, I have failed many times, I am I'm, I'm frail in my nature. So maybe I'm feeling better, I'm doing better right now, but in an instant I can find myself in a bad spot. So when you go to help someone, you go with humility because you know you're no better than them. I just learn that whatever your weakness is, Brother Scarlet, maybe not be mine. That don't mean I'm better because his weakness is not mine. Because we do that all the time. We see somebody's weakness and because it's not ours, we just want to kill them. And never stop to realize that's just that one's weakness. I've got mine and somebody is seeing it. So so, so you can fool yourself in thinking somebody not seeing yours. They're seeing it. And they don't want to approach you to help you because you're not approachable. (laughs) And so you stay at a disadvantage because you don't allow somebody to help you. If we will trust in the Lord. If we will trust him to help us, call on him to help us. Cry out to him to help us. His help might not look the way you want it to look. His help might be go talk to so-and-so. I remember the last winter fire I went to. Good friend of ours, family member. Let me just say it that way. Family member <laughs> said they were sitting in a church service. And they had something that they was just battling with, battling with, battling with, struggling with. And they were sitting in a church service, not even in the state, out of state. And he was sitting in church service and all of a sudden they looked at me and the Lord said, that's who you go talk to. <laughs> my point of telling you that story is that when we cry out to God, however, he directs you to go and get the help. You better go. And don't you belittle the help that he's sending you thinking why? Well, God, they gonna know my business. If that's who we sent you to go to so you can get help, you better go. You better go. Because a lot of times we want God to come down out of heaven and sit next to us and fix it all up. When God loved to work through us because he wanted to see the real need that we have for one another. And so he works through us a lot. So when God gives you instruction on how he wants to heal you, how he wants to deliver you, how he wants to make you whole. Don't you despise it or reject it. Embrace it and do what you got to do. Jesus, we love you. We thank you tonight for your word. Lord, we're praying and asking that individually and collectively you will help us as a church, Lord God, to be healthy. Lord, so many of us have masked our wounds. So many of us, Lord God, have rejected what you have provided for us to be healed and to be whole and lord we just keep going and keep going and lord we live beneath the privileges the privilege of god and we fail lord god to fulfill our purpose in you because we won't make ourselves available open we won't submit to you lord god but tonight as we have been doing now for two weeks lord we're yielding and crying out to you to say, God, help us to be our real self. Help us, Lord God, to do that which we need to do so you can help us to be whole. That you can help us to walk in true healing. Will you touch us tonight, Lord God? Will you work your work in our heart and in our mind in our spirit that we can be whole that Lord as you have turned to us and given to us the ministry of reconciliation the word of reconciliation when we are whole that we can help somebody else be whole there's so many people Lord among us hurting so many almighty God that is disappointed and feel stuck but God I pray in the name of Jesus that you will help us tonight that Lord as we cry out to you and call on your name you will guide us You will direct us, that you will help us, Lord, to be what we need to be and to do what we need to do, Lord God. I pray tonight that faith will increase, Lord God, and that we will walk toward you and humble ourselves, Almighty God. Lord, help us to help one another, to minister to one another, to allow the will of God, oh Father, to flow through us. Oh, Father, have your way. Bless this church. Give us strength and let healing and wholeness flow in our spiritual life, in our emotions, and our mental. Oh God, as we go from this place tonight, will you keep your hands upon us? Will you keep us focused on you? Will you help us to walk in the path of righteousness? And that we will walk in humility and that pride will never get the best of us. Lord, bless and keep us. Will you uphold us? Oh, Father, we pray for the miraculous healing power of God to work in our lives. Bless this church, Lord. Bless this church, Lord. Bless this church, Lord. Lord. Use this church, Lord. Bring strength, Lord God, and revival in this church, Lord God. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Lord, have your way. We thank you tonight for your word. We give you praise and honor, Lord, for there is none like you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity to be here tonight. Bless those, Lord God, that joined us by live stream. Have your way. Bless them. Bless their home, their families, oh God. We thank you tonight. We praise you for all these things we pray. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Give an offering tonight. Give towards the building fund before you go. The baskets are in the back. God bless you. Have a great evening.